The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie, live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. I mean, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. You know, rivalry week one, uh, going against the Packers, I mean, it sucks, you know. Uh, you know, I mean, nobody's in good spirits, but, um, you know, I mean, this one this, this one hurts. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, so uh, it, it, it definitely sucks, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you have to look at the bigger picture. Um, it's week one. Uh, we have 16 games to go in the regular season. So, um, you know, we have a lot of room to improve, a lot of room to grow, and um, I think that's what we're going to do uh, as long as we – uh, keep that positive attitude, you know, keep um, just our mentality, just keep going, keep pushing for greatness each and every day. We'll be fine. So, uh, but it, I mean, definitely hurts. Um, not only because, you know, it's the first game of the season and it's a loss, but it's a loss to, you know, them. So, um, just want to say, you know, sorry to you know, the teammates, you know, all the fans that were rooting for us. And um, yeah, but you know, we'll, we'll bounce back. We'll be good. It's good news, bad news right there. Bad news when your quarterback's apologizing after game one. It's it's not a good luck. I mean, it, it's cool that he's saying he's sorry because they sucked. But when you're opening up against the Green Bay Packers and you've been waiting all offseason for September 10th, and then your franchise, what you hope is your franchise quarterback is apologizing to his teammates and to the fan base, that's a bad sign. Yeah, look, I try to stay off meatball lane, but it's in all of us. Am I meatball for for? I wanted to hear Eberflus not tell me everything was okay from yesterday. That oh, I found some positives. What I wanted to hear from him is, is look, we all failed yesterday. That's unacceptable. Like we we coached poorly, we played poorly. That is our biggest rival, and they came to our town and they manhandled us. Does it make me a meatball for feeling that? I'll get no, over it tomorrow. No, no. I'll move on to the box. But right now, no, I don't think I want to throw a chair and flip a table, or at least feel that like there is some sense up at Hallis Hall that, like, and I know that there's some red asses up there, but like, it's kind of like the meme where the dog is sitting in the well, in the room and okay. the thing's on fire, and he's saying everything's okay. Every, like, well, this is what you got this morning on the Matt Eberflus show with Cap and Jay Hood. Nate Davis was out uh, because of personal reasons. How do you think he fared yesterday? You know, I, I think he did okay. I think he did okay. Um, you know, again, I'll, I'll talk to Simo here uh, just in a little bit as we go over the grades with the offensive and defensive staff um, here in about 25 minutes, and uh, I'll find out more then. Simo, by the way, is Chris Morgan, who's their offensive line coach. You know what he should have said? He didn't play well enough. Our entire offensive line didn't play well enough. Right, right. And I get he doesn't want to isolate and call out one guy who's maybe having a tough transition, at least in the media or at least on a radio show. But the the other part is what I haven't liked is this this introducing and like – People, some people may determine it as meatball, but when you are, because there may be a guy in the building or two who don't want to be called reserves and they want to be introduced as a starter on the NFL level. And instead of introducing your 11, 
your starting 11. The Bears are introducing 13 because there may be a wide receiver or two who don't want their feelings hurt. Now, all of a sudden, you're like, hey, you're a damn reserve. Play better. And we're introducing our 11. Or, hey, Nate Davis, you haven't practiced. You haven't been available. The guy next to you can't trust you. And we can't trust you as a team. We don't want to go out there and risk our quarterback and risk our offense with you blocking. When you show us in practice that you can go through a full week of practicing, we'll put you out there. Instead, they put him out there and they got a what protection rate? I believe he was he got a 7% grade. I believe 7%. I believe that's the case. Tyler's so, checking on it right now. So, Braxton so look, Jones was 90. I believe he was on the other end of the spectrum. So when you bring this up, do you have to stand up on a table or in the media and scream at guys? The answer is no. But when you tolerate stuff and when you say, oh, hey, Chase Claypool, you're offended that you're a backup. You want to be introduced as a starter. We're going to introduce 13 now. That's tolerating weird stuff. When you let Nate Davis play, when he hasn't, I know you gave him money, but was he ready to play? A, does he look ready to play a football game? He didn't look ready for you. The allowed team. him to go. So there's a difference between being a meatball and yelling and screaming and doing stuff with actions that say, I represent the HITS principle. The H in HITS stands for hustle. Nate Davis, have you hustled at all? The I stands for intensity. The T stands for tackles. How am I how am I expecting my guy to tackle anybody if they haven't practiced a lick in the preseason? The way to get better at football is by practicing football. Amen. And what's the S stand for? The S in the hits principle stands for smart. Oh no, we sucked. It, no, it does. Nope. It stands for smart. Yeah. You've got to be smart as a coach and not tolerate that sort of stuff. And if a guy isn't ready to play, and if he's not following your hits principle, coach, you have to follow your own principle and be smart. What does the S stand for? Smart. And not allow him on the football field. Or not allow a guy to be introduced if he's not in your starting 11. I'm sorry. This is the damn pros. You think Belichick is allowing the 12th and 13th guy to be introduced because he's offended that he's a reserve? It is odd. Like, I can't believe it. It's crazy. It's pure cra- And then he goes out and he puts up a goose egg? He has 14 catches since he's been a bear. But we'll always have Miami in slow motion when he's catching a ball in the end zone. See, you want to flip a table. I'm, I'm sweating flip. now. Now I'm Flip getting... a table, baby. Flip a table. But, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, the coach doesn't have to yell. He just has to not tolerate the nonsense. And, and when you do that sort of stuff, and now let's get to the, the Justin stuff. And this is, what, this is what bugged me. Like, when people, like, no one wants them to win more than you and I. And I was a reporter who covered this team during a lot of the lean years. I covered a team that started 0-7 under Dave Wanstead. And I hate, I grew up a Bears fan. I want them to win. We all want them to win. I lost brain cells wearing that helmet, and I'd do it all over again. Like, think about that. Waddle bled for you guys. Waddle bled. He, he got concussed for you guys. 
the, the the point we're making is is nobody wants them to win more than you and I. Yeah, like no one no one is playing radio here. I no. think in, if you follow this show for sixteen and a half years, that we bring you reality and we don't play radio. We're we give tell you, you who the way we are. Whether, whether whether you like us or not, or you think. Like, I'm not doing things for clicks or for, for radio purposes. Like, this is who I am. And so when I go into a practice and I've covered my share of, of football practices, I know what a practice is and what to take seriously and not to take seriously. When I walk into a practice and something doesn't look right, it gets my antenna up. And I say, okay, one practice. Worth a note, though. Didn't look good today. Then I come back the next week. Uh-oh. The same stuff didn't look good. Why is the ball not coming out of the quarterback sooner? Why are there incompletions when he's trying to throw the ball downfield? Why, when there is no pressure, are balls getting thrown behind the wide receiver? Why are not more things working in the second year of the offense? Yes, you can get mad and you can shout, it's only practice. And then a third practice and a fourth practice and a fifth practice and a sixth practice happens. We weren't just at one or two practice. We This is the most practice I have covered since I was a Bears reporter. And I remember the same thing happening when Trubisky was here. That Cap didn't want to hear this when Weederer would come on and tell him, Cap, things don't look right with Trubisky. It didn't pass the smell test with Justin. There were throws that needed to be made that weren't being made. The ball wasn't getting thrown when it needed to be thrown. Things were being held too long, and and the offense wasn't being processed. He checks every box. I love him as far as a box checker. He is a smart kid. He is a leader. He is a hard worker. He is an athlete. He can make every single throw there. But there is something going on, guys, that when he needs to get rid of the football, he's a little slow. And it and, and we saw it in practice this year, and we saw it yesterday in the game. And you could blame the offensive line, and there's a lot of taping shared today. And in the we 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 shared it uh with JT O'Sullivan, where you got to get rid of footballs and you could dismiss it if preseason or just practices. We saw it a lot yesterday, too. I'll start with this. I actually believed that Justin came out of the blocks yesterday and looked solid. Like, he, I think he completed his first eight or nine passes or nine of ten. And I thought he found some rhythm. The ball was coming out quick and he was taking his layups. But they didn't, he and the team offensively, they didn't build on that at all. Like, that is the kind of start you're looking for. But then what it is supposed to do is it's supposed to blossom into something else. As for the interception, we saw that every day in practice this year at least once. Up at minicamp. We said that again. We saw an interception like that every day at practice that you and I attended. What about the seven-on-seven drills that were being reported where he was 12 seven or 13? Seven-on-seven, as I've tried to explain to people, is not quite as it, – it's not useless. The one-on-ones where everyone was screaming, oh, it looks great in one-on-one. One-on-one is a, is a wide receiver cornerback safety drill. There's no, 
There's no defense to read. There's no pass rush coming at you. It's a wide receiver, tight ends, and cornerbacks and safety. Seven on seven is a little more useful because you put your entire pass concept in, but there's no offensive line in front of you. There's no defensive line. You're not setting up your pass protection. You're not doing anything that is necessary to evade a rush. It's still not giving you a 100% true look at what it's going to be like in a game. When you get to 11 on 11, now everything's live. You've got to set protection. You've got to see what things are going on. You've got to now make decisions like this. And that's where we saw the offense not be as efficient. That's where others said, look, hey, down in Indianapolis, you know, it looked great in seven on seven, one on ones. They're making, but in seven on seven or 11 on 11, it just doesn't look. It didn't work. It doesn't look good. So we saw something like that. Quite a bit in practice. Do you remember, too, for the bulk of the times that we were there, who the first-team offense was practicing well, against? against? twos. Yeah. The Bears' first-team offense was struggling practice after practice in 11-on-11 against the Bears' twos. And we were saying that. Yeah. Look, I would tell you that D.J. Moore looks great. Yes. I wanted them Absolutely. to I wanted to walk out of there and tell you glowing reports. This guy looks great. This guy is awesome. It's going to be a great year. We have Bears football on ESPN 1000. But the fact was the first team offense as a unit and the quarterback wasn't looking good against the Bears second team off defense. We saw what the Bears first team defense looked like against the young quarterback yesterday in Green Bay. That is not a great defense. No. Especially up front. No. And Look, I, yesterday I came away with the following thought. Justin is, was not their biggest problem yesterday. But he needs to start providing more solutions. So you've got to be able to differentiate between the two. Is the offensive line a bigger problem than the quarterback right now? In my opinion, absolutely. But the quarterback, fair or unfair, is saddled with the responsibility of being your most important player. And with that comes a huge responsibility to raise the level of play of guys around him. Is it fair? Maybe not. But if you're good at it, guess what happens? You make $250 million. So in his third season, while yesterday he wasn't anywhere close to being their biggest problem, did you feel like he provided enough solutions for you? My personal response to that question is no. It looked a lot yesterday like it did previously. And I'll give you three plays that take you back in time and, and, and really leave you wanting more improvement. And I won't give them in, in specific order. The sack by Lucas Van Ness, the rookie. Look, that's a Mitch play. You're scrambling. You're running to the right. Instead of taking the sack or being tackled out of bounds, you throw the ball into the 40th row of stance. Because then what happens? You don't take a negative play, you're in the red zone. Because if you take the sack out of bounds, it's a loss of seven or eight yards. If you throw the ball into the stands, you just you line up for the next play from where the previous ball was snapped. You can't take that sack. The interception, again, is like if you look at it on film, and Justin talked about it, and this is what I like about the kid. He acknowledges the issues that he needs to get better at. Rip the corner route to DJ Moore. It's open. Or drop it off onto the flat to Cole Komets or to Roshan Johnson. The last place that ball can go is the guy he was staring down the entire time who was never open, and that was Darnell Mooney. You can throw the corner. You can throw it over here. That's got to be cleaned up. 
And then the fumble on the scramble. He did a really nice job improving his ball security in the second half of last season. That scramble fumble felt a lot and smelled a lot like the first six or seven games of 2022. Because he, he helped himself with ball security Absolutely. down the stretch. So, look, at the end of the day, I thought the game plan wasn't good. I think that the offensive line, as we've said all along, is their Achilles heel. But the quarterback is not providing enough solutions. It's one game. But these improvements have to happen or they're going to have a really difficult decision in their hands. Look, again, I like that they take layups early on. But at the end of the day, they threw 37 passes. 15 of them were thrown at or behind the line of scrimmage. There were four passes that went 10 yards or further down the field out of 37. Right. While I want you to take your layups and hit your checkdowns and don't try and force the ball into areas, there has to be a vertical element to your passing game. And at some point, everybody's got to get it and you have to make progress. Or you're just going to be in this cycle running on this treadmill and making no ground at all. So, well, like, look, and, and it's, it's like it's the it's the short passes in context, too. Like absolutely. we used to talk with Tibbs about minutes in context. Yes. When it's third down and you have to get to the sticks, you can't throw a short screen pass to Cole Komet. I mean, to uh, Chase Claypool. You can't. You just can't do that. You're not going to, you're waving the white flag saying we're fine kicking a field goal. And that to me was more of a coordinator problem. Like you're well, calling. No, no, yeah. no. That, that yeah. is a coordinator problem. Right. I'm not blaming yeah. Justin for that. Right. That is a Luke Getze problem. Yes. You can't throw a no, smoke no, no, screen no, to no. Chase Claypool. No, there were several right. times yeah. when they said we're fine kicking here or not picking it up. Because whether you don't trust the line or you don't trust the quarterback. Throwing a screen when you need eight was was ridiculous I'm in those have situations. To also, like I couldn't see the all twenty two yet. It'll come out tomorrow. That's when you'll be able to look and see were guys open down the field and they just decided not to go to them. I can't tell you that that's the truth right now because I haven't looked at the film from a coach's perspective. Mike and Lagrange, you're on ESPN one thousand. What's up, Mike? You know, a guy. You know, so you covered off on everything pretty much. I mean, th- 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 they set the kid up for failure. I mean, Waddle, do you, do you do you extend the field vertically or horizontally? Vertically, right? I mean, how many times are you get a pass? Do that, do that wide receiver, you, you know, whatever screen, and the guy gets smoked. So it's a coaching problem. And then introducing the thirteen. I mean, that's the that's a, that's an everybody gets a trophy thing. I mean. It, it's coaching, you're, you're, guys. you're right, Mike, but I'm not absolving players anymore either. Last year, I was willing to be patient and say, hey, this is no more. Like, look, again, you're not the biggest problem, but guys, if you, you've got to start providing solutions, even if you are facing adversity. That's what the good ones do. They make people better around them, even when times yeah. are tough. That's reality. Like, we can coddle yeah. all we want, but at the end of the day, like again, if he's really good at this stuff, he's going to make two hundred and fifty million dollars. That's that's the payoff at the end. They've got a tough decision. In my opinion, really quickly here, guys. Great show, by the way. Is sadly, I personally don't think he's the guy. I don't think he reads defense as well. And I, I you know, right away his 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 natural instinct. His natural instinct, I think, is to run. Okay, let me do my checkdowns. Let me look. Okay, it's not there. I'm out. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm getting nervous. Like, like, uh, like, I'm not ready to go anywhere yet. Right. But I'm getting nervous. I'm, I'm getting a right. little more worried. Again, here, it's really simple. Thanks, Mike. At some point, even when you face adverse situations, and it's not ideal, you have to start providing solutions if you are that guy that is going to if take If you want to be part of the him crowd. Yes. Every, uh, the fanboys who, who call him him with the one in it, you can't be blaming him. All the other guys. Right. You know what I mean? Well, oh, oh, that's on him. And that's on him. And that's on him. Not our guy. That's on him. Yeah. If you're truly him, you don't blame all the other guys and not yourself. And Justin does blame himself. Absolutely. And I'm not blaming Justin. I'm saying if you're part of that fanboy crowd who always wants to crown him him, don't blame the other hims. Oh, that's on him and him. It, it, that's on him and that lineman and this lineman and that play caller and this coach and this guy. You've got to rise above if you're truly him. Yes. Mike and Palos here on ESPN 1000. What's up, Mike? Hi, guys. Uh, first of all, Sylvie, uh, belated happy birthday. Too bad the beers uh, didn't uh, give you a nice present. Thank you. Uh, I'm so, used to it. It usually well, happens around this time. And, and uh, well, like a lot of the points you just made I was going to cover, but uh, you did a great job on those. But listen to this one. So a few months ago, I'm up at Kohler for a couple of days golfing, and the Packers management and coaches were there. And fortunately, we uh, happened to be, like, teed up right behind them. And, and even in the morning a couple of times, I got a chance to talk to some of the guys over a cup of coffee. And, like, one of the things I started with was – uh, you know, how's it going to be this year without uh, uh, your uh, old quarterback? And the coaches were very uh, assertive and very optimistic. They said, we're fine. And, uh, in fact, one of the guys made a comment like, this has like, been one of the best uh, off-seasons I've had in years. And then I said, um, exactly like this, I said, uh, you know, I'm from Chicago. Uh, what do you think? Uh, think of our quarterback in the immediate response with a couple of smiles from these guys was, you mean the best running back in the league? And I looked at him kind of quizzically and he goes, think about it. I answered your question. This was, and this was who Goody Gooden could. This was, these were, these were the, the, the whole Packers um, administration and coaches had an offsite. Um, it was, like kind of mid to end of June. And we, you know, we happened to be up there golfing for the weekend. And so they were hanging around and everything. And, you know, they're all nice guys really. And um, so, you know, there was chances to bump into them and talk to them. And, you know, the guys, guys were at the bar and they were at different places. And so, you know, obviously I'm not going to talk to them about tennis when they're the football team. So anyhow, um, you know, there was, but there was, I thought it was kind of a telling thing on, on what the other you know, like we're kind of brainwashed about like I like Fields. I was excited as hell when they drafted him. I was hoping that they picked him, and so. But you know what I mean? It's like sometimes you get uh, too close to the topic and you can't see the forest through you know the clouds. I guess. And so I just, you know, I thought as uh, Tom Model pointed out, I thought he did a, a really good job, especially at the beginning. You know, uh, mixing things up and they were running, but like you can't outrun. Like you, as you pointed out, on like trying to outrun that kid that was the all star from Iowa, the right uh, right end on the other team. I mean, I, I thought those were some bad play calls that they did. Listen, really Mike, Mike, we appreciate the phone call. Look, at the end of the day, the, and it was the case last year, they haven't done the kid a ton of, of, of good. Like the offensive line is still beyond shaky, right? 
the game plan was very questionable at times yesterday. That is all a given. But now you're at the point where if Justin is going to be the difference maker, we all hope he is going to be. Even in the face of some adversity, he has to rise above it and make everyone around him a little bit better and be the solution to some of their problems. Do you know what I'm saying? Of course. Like, yeah. Because if you're looking to Lucas Patrick to be your solution, no. you're looking in the wrong spot. Right, right. There's a, like a piece of film going on, too, of Nate Davis just playing Olay. With one of the well, Packers that, that was like third, the, I could tell uh, like it's, by the third or fourth play that Houston, we have a problem. And again, you're going to go to Tampa to, this weekend, and maybe they turn it all around, and we're all have it. We have a different tone on Monday, but it's going to be 90 degrees down there, and that Tampa Bay Bucks defense still plays pretty good D. So it's going to be a challenge. There are no layups for this team. No, not now, not now. Nothing. Not a that layup. we thought that there were going to be any layups, but what we were expecting was progress. A and jump. guess what we got? We got a team on yesterday that looked exactly like the team we saw yesterday or last year. And that's where we are in a different place. Last year, patient and willing to to, to live through the teardown. This year, less patient because this is the rebuild. So now you start. You have to start showing progress in the middle of a rebuild. All right, we're going to continue to take your calls through uh, Waddle's World, 312-332-3776. And, and really, I'll show because we are um, guest-free today, as we always are on a Bears Monday. Bears lose yesterday to the Packers. Really a disheartening opening day loss after a full season of optimism. What is your mood today? 332-3776. More of your calls next. It's that time again when we venture deep into the great unknown. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. A trip inside the mind of a multi-concussed former Bears wide receiver. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him, and he had an all-time day in the use of smelling salt. Buckle up, boys and girls. Tom Waddle, everything works out with Tom Waddle. If I had a football team, I'd like to have a Tom Waddle on my team because you draw from that. It's time to go inside. Waddle's World. Tom Waddle did have to use a lot of smelling salts. Uh, I needed some smelling salts yesterday on my couch, John. Uh, Waddle's World is brought to you by Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. They're our friends and partners. And to find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank, visit Wintrust.com slash find us. Member FDIC. Flip a table, Sylvie! I'm not going to flip a table. This is a a stat, though, that I wanted to read you. We didn't get to it last time as we got uh, deep into the fields conversation. Like, this is what Love was up against. Uh, The Bears were credited with uh, six pressures uh, in yesterday's game. And a 10% pass rush win rate. That is Pro Football's Focus's lowest mark since 2021. Wow. So the Bears... So there's been no quarterback the, that has faced less pressure yes. since 2021 than Jordan Love did yesterday. Yes. Okay. Like, that is a like a, a historic, in, in, the la, in the context of the last two seasons, like, almost two full years, then, I mean, that's craziness. Like, in, like the Packers were credited with 35 pressures yesterday. The Bears were credited with six. By the way, like, Nate Davis gave up nine pressures all by himself. Like, again, like, it's okay to say to a guy, okay, you were hurt. 
You, you didn't have a good transition here. You're not ready at the moment. You're not ready. We're gonna like what do what do you do when a pitcher's not ready? You, you, Put him on you, the you, shelf for a couple you, of starts. You, you get some you get some side sessions. You sort of throw a live BP. Yeah. Nate, put some good practices together. Doesn't mean we're done with you. We right. we invested a lot of money can't in you. Can't be done with you. No, we can't. We need you, but we need you ready. We can't have you out here winning seven percent of your pass blocking. That's not good for you. It's not good for us. It's not good for the right tackle rookie next to you no, either. No, it's not good for the quarterback. It's not good for the offensive coordinator. It's not good for anyone inside that locker room. We need you ready. We need you right. Let's. Put some good practices together because they matter. Football practices matter. No matter how many people want to, oh, yeah, you're an old. You're an old. You think football practice and training camp doesn't matter. (laughs) No. The way you get better at football is by practicing. Look, You need contact. Tom Fair told you. John Yurkovich told you. Yeah, I know. But they're they're old school. You're old school, guys. Well, we kind of are, but like still. I know, I know. I'm with you, of course. It's look, of and, and, and listen. A team that is young with a bunch of new faces and is coming off a three-win season needs the work. Like I'm so tired of people telling me that training camp doesn't matter, especially with a guy who has the hits principle. That's what he got the job with. I know, but everyone should have some oh, sort of, of hits principle. Of principle. course, like I don't know to many coaches that don't accentuate hustle and intensity. Right, it's really just a cheesy way of saying, "Look, we coach football." <laughs> right, like, the hits principle is just a cheesy way of saying. We coach football. Yeah. Hustle, intensity, tackling, and smart. Every football team should have that without making it a principle. Right. Jacob, no. you're on ESPN 1000. What's on your mind? Jacob. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. You got it. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Oh. Uh, Waddle just wanted to make this uh, statement. I, got a pl- I had the pleasure of meeting you. On the night that I got engaged, so that was a, a highlight for me before I got engaged. <laughs> Congratulations, not on meeting me, but the engagement. <laughs> Thank and, you. And Eight years later, you. here I am. And I'll also state that I, I had the pleasure of helping you and your family when I worked for a carrier up north. I won't say which one, but um, but my point being, I just wanted to make a statement on the, on the game. Listen, I, I wasn't expecting the Bears to come out and do uh, amazing things, although we wanted it, right? But we also understand that, that t- things take time. At the bare minimum, I understand the, the idea that coaches have behind uh, preseason, but this feels like stuff that should have been cleaned up then. And, and the, way, the length of time that we're waiting for fields to come out and do what we want them to do, you know, it, it's got to happen now. This is the season to do it. I wouldn't be this mad if they were even at least in the game a little bit more, but there was never a shot after that first half. No, you're right, Jacob, and, and thanks for the call. Look, it, it, it felt like a team that wasn't prepared to play. Right? I mean, is that a fair statement? Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, there were mistakes. Uh, they constantly talked about beating themselves afterwards. Um, it did not look like a group that was and, – and, and again, I mean, we had the inkling that being unsettled about the offensive line and the defensive line as well. I mean, Ngakwe came, he gave you a coverage sack – I take nothing away from him. Walker didn't practice much, and they had really no impact. You just gave the stat. They, they pressured None. Love six times. The lowest level in, in the NFL in almost two years. And, and, and real quick, this is where, when that is going on, this is where your, your coaching staff has to adjust. Of course. If we can't get home you know, with four. We just believe in our philosophy. No. 
no, you can't. You've got to adjust. Like, you've got to find a way to make the kid who's starting his second NFL game. Uncomfortable. You make him uncomfortable. Henry and Cherville, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Henry? Hey, how you guys doing? We're good. A little disappointed. Yeah, same here. Uh, I just want to say this is the result of shopping at the middle shelf, not to, you know, steer the idea away from your show, but everybody always said that the Bears are now finally shopping at the top shelf. Maybe McGlinchey was the move instead of these guys that couldn't even be bothered to come to OTAs or practices. It's really disappointing to see that they're getting all these guys. They had all this money for free agency, and then they just waited to see what was left in the filter after the real free agency was done. I would say this, though, just kind of, Henry, I know where you're going with this, but I would say maybe it wasn't their unwillingness to shop on the top shelf. Maybe their evaluation process at this point isn't best. Well, like maybe McGlinchey's a, a tackle, right? Correct. Their their problem is the interior, right? We like yes, Darnell Wright and, yes. and Braxton Jones. Well, and it wasn't it, that while they did an undisciplined it, game. It was still at, graded out fairly well. Yeah, and Henry right, like they gave money guys like Tyreek Hill and Chris Jones, where they could package something to get these guys and get the top shelf players, and they're not willing to move those picks. Well, again, I would be at uh, Tyreek Hill was a trade, and they weren't ready to make that trade at that time. Chris Jones, I would still be, you know, if, if listen, if that's still a possibility, depends on what the Chiefs would be asking for. But do you for. think you're ready for Chris no. Jones at 30? Well, you know what I mean? Like, are you, have they proven to you that if you go out and trade for Chris Jones, you're only wasting him right now and you may not have your quarterback? The Miami Dolphins were ready for Tyreek Hill, and he just, brought them to a whole new level with their offense. Look, you may need these first round picks on a quarterback like yeah. I, it, like I, I I don't like I'm worried. I look, I'm not giving up. I'm not. I'm not. I I want him to bounce back. The last thing I want to be talking about at draft time is going up and getting a quarterback. I want my quarterback to be here, but I'm not in denial that there are some worry there's some worry for me. That he may not be the guy again. And, and again, I would. To me, honestly, I feel like Justin Fields has shown he could throw that deep ball to a guy like Tyreek Hill that gets that separation. I, he just may not be that guy that could throw it to Cole Komet for the five yard slant. Well, the five yard slant is, is, is theoretically an easier throw based on the completion percentage than the deep ball, but. I mean, look, you should be, as an NFL quarterback, you should be able to make all of those throws. What else do you want polls to do, Henry? We'll send it up there. Uh, I'll tell you what I want them to do. I want them to find whoever is the best offensive lineman and go get them. Whoever's available for a trade, protect Justin Fields, give him the time so we can find out if he is him. Okay. That's my opinion. Are you in the him crowd? No, I, I'm not sure. I haven't seen enough to know one way or another. I know he can complete a deep ball way better than Mitch or uh, Jay did, but I don't know that he can complete all the balls, like the middle of the field, the short passes. He looks like he's horrible on the screen passes where Jay could do that all day long to Matt Forte. Henry, thank you. 
I think they have addressed right tackle with Darnell Wright. I think that that was a good use of their resources. Look, they've spent some money and they've spent some draft picks to make trades. I think right now we are still finding out whether or not their evaluation process right. is top shelf. Jimbo on the south side, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jimbo? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you guys doing? We're good, thanks. That's good. Well, uh, just real quick, I just want to say that um, this loss is, 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 is kind of on Justin Fields because I'm kind of getting tired of him saying all the right things in a press conference. and it's like You want him to great, say the wrong things? <laughs> Would like, you like I mean, him to say the just, wrong things in the press conference? It's, 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 it's like I just wanted to translate to on the field at, at a certain point. You know, it's just like at a certain point, it's like it's, it's cool to say all the right things, but it's just like, are you the guy or not? I think he needs to make the decision whether or not he's the guy or not, whether or not he's the quarterback of this team or not, because that team quit in the third quarter. And it, and it shouldn't take Roshan Johnson to come in, come in and give the team some juice. You're the quarterback. I don't, I, I'm, I'm kind of big into body language, and he was kind of like slumped over, like kind of out of it already in the third quarter. And it's like if everybody else can do that, but you can't. So once the team sees that you do that, you do that like they're, they're going to fold. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing, I think there's a culture issue at Hallis Hall because, honestly, those guys were out of shape and not ready to play at all yesterday. Like, those guys – it's like I didn't see nobody – I didn't see enough hustling. The, the Packers wanted it way more. And you would think that it would actually be us because we haven't won in eight games. But they just wanted it way more, and they want to battle for their guy way more. And that's the issue that I saw with this team yesterday. They play uninspired football, and that hurt to see as a Bears fan because we've been waiting for Aaron Rodgers to be gone, to, and we actually finally have some hope. And this guy, and it's just like they just come and lay a dud. Like it was just, it was just embarrassing, and it was sad. Like because yeah. I've been talking crazy on Twitter for weeks, and I just had to take it yesterday. You know, <laughs> so so that you, was you that were was doing the, Jimbo. You were doing some Packer taunting. Yeah, a little bit, you know, a little bit here and there, eating cheese and stuff like that, you know, just weird stuff. But it's it, honestly like I, I had to sit there and take it. Some of my friends from college are a Packers fans, so it's like I had to deal with the calls. I just end up turning my phone off, yeah. and, and it, it, was just, it was just it was just terrible. Like it's just, it's just embarrassing. It's, it's, it was utterly embarrassing yesterday. All right, Jimbo. So it, Thanks to for me, the call, honestly, Jimbo. Justin has to make the decision. That's on him. Interesting. Do you have the sound of uh, of Olsen yeah, playing? Yeah, we should only we come back. back about how he was questioning the you lack of, of you know playing with a sense of urgency at yeah. the end of the game. And I want to know if you agree with what he said with the Q word right there. He brought up the Q word. Like, we'll uh, we'll discuss that three one two three three two three seven seven six as we take your Bears phone calls. We'll play you what Craig Olson had to say. He was upset at something that happened late with the Bears. We'll play that next. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Yeah, they got to get going. I mean, they're just all walking around or standing around. I mean, you got to line right back up here. Why, why are they getting in the huddle? There's th- three minutes and 20 seconds left. You need to score three times and get three two-point conversions, and they're in the huddle. Yeah, they, they just they just lost 24 seconds from the previous the, the handoff to Johnson that they got the first down to now there's 258 and again is it is it likely that they come back from 24 and under three no but I still think you, you can't quit until it's over and to just kind of mosey around and get in the huddle and let the clock tick I don't, I don't know I don't I don't get it kind of like an analyst who uses the word mosey as well we like Greg Olson. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I mean, like, isn't that a good time to practice a little uh, two-minute offense yeah. as well? Like, I mean, at that point, I was so beaten down as a fan. I kind of was, I wasn't as in tune to that. To the question that, or the statement that the caller made before the break, I, I never got the, the impression that anybody was quitting, that Justin was quitting. And th- I think that was the statement that the caller made. Uh, th- there was not a sense of urgency with three minutes to go, but at that point, like, they were down three scores. Olsen so. addressed that as well in the follow-up here. But to your point, it wasn't exact. They didn't, look, was it unlikely they were going to come back? Yes, but they didn't have any alacrity to that drive either. I get what you're saying. Yeah, and, and I don't, in, in the NFL, the, the biggest thing we got to get across is you don't always get to determine the environment that you're operating in. You could be down six, seven, or 25. The urgency of the operation can never change. If you're losing, you can never let the score dictate how hard you try to come back. And I'm not saying they've quit by any stretch. I'm just saying the urgency of in and out of the huddle getting a play on the goal line snapped every... And they recover this onside's kick. I mean, it's unlikely, but you got to finish the game. I think it's a good point in the context as well as, look, this is a young team that is trying to learn. And as you just said, Every opportunity to be on the field is an opportunity for you to get better and learn something. You're not the Kansas City Chiefs. So if you're down three scores with two minutes to go, then and uh, you probably have a better chance of coming back than we do because you've got Patrick Mahomes. But you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. This is a young team that's still feeling its way through, you know, finding their way. And, and Greg's right. I mean, you can, you can find something to learn and something to positive to take from any situation in a live regular season NFL yeah, game. Yeah. three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to uh, uh, lay down on our couch, a uh, little therapy is what we're calling it today. I sent out a, a tweet with that, with the graphic. Uh, kudos to our marketing department for designing that today. But we've done this too many times. Uh, eventually, Waddle and I will start celebrating some Victory Mondays with you guys. But until then, uh, you have a voice and uh, use that voice with us. 312-332-3776. Today, Greeny went off on uh, the Bears and their offense and not fields. He went off on their coaches. He went off on some of the players. I want to play that when we come back. We'll do that next.